From Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a weekly visit with contemporary composers and musicians who make video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. Normally, Mike Vasich, Nick Godet, and Zach Klein are in a trio called Orange Mighty Trio. Mike plays piano, Nick plays bass, and Zach plays violin. When they play as Orange Mighty Trio, their music is an original mix of, it's kind of like American folk, a little hint of bluegrass in there. However, Mike and Nick discovered they both love video games. So Orange Mighty Trio came up with an alter ego called Nerd Enhanced Sound, or NES. Get it? NES, like the Nintendo Entertainment System. So anyway, NES came here to St. Paul to play some of their 8-bit and 16-bit era arrangements for Top Score and you, and chat about how they started doing what they do. The best part is they're playing a show for the attendees of Gamers Rhapsody. That's a new video game media convention happening right here in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota, on November 15th and 16th. You can learn more about that show and Gamers Rhapsody at GamersRhapsody.com. It's just been great to hear you all play. Thank you so very much for coming. Uh, I know this is a pretty big time commitment to come and play and talk. Oh, this is great. It's a yeah. real pleasure to be here. Let's let's just start off with how did this all start? Orange Mighty Trio came first, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, Me and uh, Zach went to McAllister College, and uh, we started jamming together. And then you met Nick at a string camp? A string camp. Yeah, yeah, a summer string camp where we were we were both teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the birth of the Orange Mighty Trio. Yeah. And then it started, me and Nick realized that we had a real similar game gaming upbringing that brought us a whole bunch of video game music love. And then we're like, hey, you know, we could probably do this with the three of us. And we started trying out some video game covers and... Uh, had enough where we could just start doing whole shows of, of all video game music. This is the title screen music from Metroid. Is the relationship between the two groups? I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about Orange Mighty Trio, but it is a very different side of you as performers. Well, Nick, what do you what well, do you think? I'd say that we're we're three unique voices um, in a group, and and uh, we do a lot of things that kind of bends classical and jazz, um, in in bluegrass, and sometimes as the Orange Mighty Trio. And the way it kind of mirrors in nerd enhanced sound is that you know in, in in music written for those particular old Nintendo games, you'd have three voices, sometimes four. You'd have a, a two square waves, which would be like a melody and a harmony, and then you'd have a triangle wave, which would be a bass. And so we found out that our voices really lend themselves to to explore some of these Nintendo games. Yeah, especially like the original Nintendo is like pretty laid out for us. This forces us almost to a more classical approach to these Nintendo songs, like we're kind of doing, we either find transcriptions, but a lot of times we make them ourselves. We listen to the games and transcribe exactly what's happening and do a pretty faithful reproduction of what we're hearing, um, almost note for note exactly the same. Whereas when we played Orange Mighty Trio, we we write a lot of our own stuff and it's really improvisatory. 
And so this is actually on break, and we're kind of coming at this as, as more like score reading. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we combine those two approaches for games like Dr. Mario, where we'll take the core of the music, and then we'll kind of we'll throw solos on top of that and, and create our own arrangements that way. And that's really fun, too, when we kind of merge those two worlds. song you played to get the first video game thing you transcribed and tried out together we probably did mario jamming first just because mm-hmm. those are such classics and mm-hmm. it's like let's try yeah, it. i think it was and dr mario dr mario which was when we started one. playing at shows as orange mighty trio we're just like here's a nintendo song people are like oh my god i love dr mario <laughs> and uh tetris as well but tetris is more of a russian folk song before mm-hmm. it was actually you know the theme music for tetris so Eastern European, uh, sad, but but I think <laughs> sad but happy. Sad but happy. <laughs> we started we started like actually kind of hanging out. I remember Mike and I, you and I were hanging out, and we'd start playing some of these old games. We'd start reminiscing about games that both of us have beaten, and games that you know that we've accomplished, you know, with nobody else in the room, and you know, we feel so excited. And then um, and then we found like these other awesome games like Ducktales, which uh, the moon stage moon stage is just fantastic. And and we were like, hey, I wonder what it'd be like if we tried arranging that. So. You know, through some of uh, some of the different types of unknown or unfamiliar games we created, we got scores from that. So, this is the ending of Contra. The songs we did today, pretty close to my heart. You know, Ta- yeah. Contra, oh, yeah, Contra, Metroid, those are games I grew up with. And um, actually, DuckTales, I played that yeah, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that was... some at Little Nemo, we've, we've done the score for Little Nemo, but I could, that game was impossible. I just couldn't beat it. <laughs> I, I, I love the music from it. Like, that's a game I came back later and was just like, I love this music, but... Oh, God, that game just beat me. I never had a chance at that one. <laughs> I was never a Marble Madness player until... No one can we, beat Marble Madness. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's madness. But another... Yes, <laughs> it is. It's Sorry, impossible. Guys, but it yeah, is. it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was that was an old... It was a huge arcade console originally with just like one of those bowling, you know, mm-hmm. bowling giant marbles in the middle. Right. That was like almost harder to use than a controller, so... Yeah. Definitely one of the weirder games. When I think about <laughs> games that are super, that were super popular back then, yeah. and people are like, "Oh, I loved Marble Madness," and I had, I definitely had Marble Madness, and I loved it too. But what a weird game! Oh, super weird! Yeah. And if you can beat it, it takes like seven minutes. Yeah, it's like the one of the shortest games, but it's so freaking hard that it's like you just play it over and over and over and over and over and over.
Well, I will say that when you, I love the Metroid soundtrack. And as you guys were warming up and starting to play together, I mean, I just couldn't stop smiling. It, it just makes me smile to hear the music this way. I imagine that, I mean, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun playing it. Absolutely. You know, there's a, there's something about the amount of music that has to be um, compacted into two minutes of work, you know, because these songs basically would play for two, one and a half to two minutes, and then they would loop. And so, like, the actual, like... The, the the music is is so catchy. It's um it's music that you want to you know really cling on to and, and listen to all the time. And I feel like that is one reason why it's so exciting to play and also um really really easy to get into it. You know, even though that loop would go for an hour to two hours <laughs> to three hours, it was the same the song. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that two minutes had to you know it would it would just engrave in your brain and you yeah. you would get excited. I I still get excited and I you know I feel like. I'm 50% I'm reading the music and 50% I'm just like, you know, it's, it's all in there by just by ear from playing the games as a yeah. kid. I really appreciated uh, Zach was the vibrato that you were doing. Sometimes kind of emulating that really wobbly. It's almost like a guitar tremolo. Yeah, it's a crazy sound, and um, yeah, you're actually you're sliding instead of normal. Your finger stays in one place, but in order to make it wide enough, you have to slide. So you're kind of you're moving around back and forth at the same speed, but you're sliding, and then it's also delayed a little bit, like about a half a second, I think. You definitely seemed completely in your element, especially with Dr. Mario, when mm-hmm. you all had the chance. And this, as you were saying, is much more aligned with what Orange Mighty Trio does, right? Totally. So yeah. how does it feel to be in that pocket together? Well, it does. It, it feels more free, you know? It's yep. just like there's, I mean, there's the, the like nervousness of trying to get everything right goes out the window. It's just like, oh, we're just jamming, you know? Yep. And then that, there's an ease to that, I think. Individually about your background personally in in music. So let's go ahead and start with Mike. When did you start playing piano? All right, yeah, I started in about second grade, um, and I took from a, a private woman at her home, and she just was super supportive of me getting into whatever music I was into at the time. So I think I was able to stick through it because 
I was like, I want to learn the theme from Batman. And she was like, okay. And she'd go find the sheet music. And I was like, I want to learn the theme from Tiny Tunes. She's like, okay. And she'd go find the sheet music. <laughs> and she just kept me loving stuff. And then uh, I'm sure if I would ask to play the theme from Mario, she would have dug that out too, you know? So, and then I studied music at McAllister College and um, doing classical and jazz. But jazz piano is my, like, kind of my real love. Here's music from Marble Madness. I started uh, playing bass at the age of five, actually on a cello that was stood up and it was tuned as a bass because I was a pretty small five-year-old. Um, you know, so I started Suzuki before there was actually Suzuki bass books. And so, you know, I was working off these like photocopy pre-bass Suzuki books that they were thinking about, you know, um, you know, handing out there and everything like that. And, uh, and then played all the way through, you know, middle school, um, through high school. I was kind of destined to become an orchestral bass player and uh, went to the Cleveland Institute of Music, um, did a bachelor's and a master's degree out there and decided, I don't know if I want to do orchestra, at least not as a bass player. Um, and so um, through that process, I found that I had this different kind of road that was, you know, it, it was kind of like a virtuosic style of bass playing. started as a Suzuki kid, but the first two teachers I had in different towns um, did fiddle tunes with all their students also. So I had a little bit of both sides from the beginning. And um, when I got a little older, it was sort of like, oh, this fiddle and blues and whatever outside of classical is sort of like, this is where the freedom is, you know, (laughs) and you are encouraged, in fact, to play it how you want. And I was at a conservatory type school for a year, but then you can sort of see the theme, the common theme, like (laughs) all of us slowly realizing like we love classical, but it's not what we want to do. This is the escape music from Metroid. compositions these guys were doing these Japanese composers in the 80s and the technology they had was like just crazy there's a student at our school who's got a replica of the software that they're using and it just looks like the matrix it's like (laughs) endless lines of black and green text and it's all like vertical and you just like write in the name of the note you want and the rhythmic thing and it doesn't look like music at all and to turn that into music was like just astonishing it's interesting it's like really counterpuntal like every voice has its own thing yeah i gotta do a shout out to the character select theme from super mario (laughs) brothers 2 the counterpoint line after the melody that that is just that Mm -hmm. i listen to that and i'm just amazed all the time (laughs) 
So I saw you perform a couple years ago at Bryant Lake Bowl, which was super, super fun. Is that yeah. the, the tall grass release? The eight bit the, uh, yeah, eight yeah. Yeah. release party. Yeah. 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 And yes, eight bit beer. Which eight-bit beer. is actually good beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, delicious. I really liked that yeah. beer. That is yep. my, yeah. That's probably my favorite thing they make. Yep. Yeah. I, I would almost I would agree. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that because that was really cool. You had the screen up, people were playing games. Yep. Tell me a little bit about when you do that kind of gig. Well, we haven't done something like that for a little bit. It is really fun to do the uh, the live playing thing. Our last gig we did was at New Amsterdam, Amsterdam, New Bohemia, New Bohemia, oh. New Bohemia. We they put a screen up and we played some played some video game music and we brought just two people from the audience. They would put in the Konami code and they played through Contra and then we played the soundtrack behind them. Yep. So, and then we brought up yeah. two other people and they would battle in Dr. Mario and we would sit there and loop Dr. Mario, you know, kind of going to different variations and, fun. you know, did the same with Tetris. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're actually in the process of searching out like game masters. So another idea we have is like doing Nerd and Hat Sound with the game masters and then wow. having, finding these people that can actually do these playthroughs and mm-hmm. uh, getting them on stage and kind of sharing that because that's a crazy skill. There's people, we met a girl at that 8-bit party who's like, Oh yeah, I can speed play through Contra. I can do it through um, Punch out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out without dying. And we're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's these people are around, you know. Yeah. And that would be really fun to share that, you know. Very. Yeah. So that's super kind of the next. Super people are among us. That's yes, right. super people are, are. It's as fine of a skill as playing an instrument. If you think about it, you're moving your fingers. You're moving. You know, you're thinking. You're reacting. This comes from the snowfield in Contra. this resurgence it feels like a video game a video game music and i know the video games live video game video mm-hmm. games live brings a lot of uh you know the orchestrated large video games and i think it's good to kind of differentiate what we do is really 8-bit and we'll, we'll stretch all the way from old school nintendo to like the original nintendo entertainment system to super nintendo to um even a couple things from nintendo 64 you know and then we kind of end it at that and and so you know we well yeah now you know, They're, these soundtracks are written for 65 oh, parts. They're like full yeah, orchestrations. So and yeah. so try, trying to cover those becomes like just, you know, we have to do a really strip it down. So. Well, thank you three so much for coming oh, yeah. in. Just yeah. such a pleasure and really a treasure, if I could be annoying and rhymey, <laughs> just to have you here in the Twin Cities. It's just great. Hey, well, thanks for having us. All thank right. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you all very much. Just absolutely loved it. Hey, it was right super on. fun. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Top Score from the Infinite Guest Network at American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. You can learn more about Nerd Enhanced Sound at infiniteguest.org and find out about the Gamers Rhapsody video game convention at gamersrhapsody.com. Check out some of our other programs like A Tiny Sense of Accomplishment with Sherman Alexie and Jess Walter or Secret Skin with Open Mike Eagle. You can find them at infiniteguest.org. Top Score's production assistant is Pierce Huxtable, and Mark Hintz mixes each episode. 
Top Score is funded in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. Follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. I'm Emily Reese. <laughs>